Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Faster than a speeding bullet. To leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Lincoln, 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 Bobingan, Bonana, Banana, Bobingan, Feet, Fine, Momingan, Lincoln. They say this cat Lincoln is a bad mother. We're just talking about Lincoln. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, and happy, what's today, Tuesday. You're listening to the Lincoln Wear Show. Filling in for him is Raven Mundy on this good Tuesday morning. How are y'all doing today? Again, I hope y'all have by now, like yesterday was your last day, so by now if you still eating Thanksgiving leftovers, you're going to be sick. So just go ahead and throw them away. I just gone ahead. I gave y'all a break yesterday with the turkey. I gave you I gave you a break. But today, everything, your whole refrigerator should be clear, cleared out. It's time for you to get started collecting the necessary materials for Christmas dinner at this point. Thanksgiving is over. Let it go. We don't we don't listen to a whole bunch of Christmas music yesterday. You know, it's 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 about that time. Christmas is officially a thing, or Thanksgiving is officially a thing of the past. Go ahead and throw them leftovers away. Get rid of that turkey. Stop trying to cut off that. It, I'll say this. If you got some leftover bones, you might be able to make some broth or something, but that's about it. I wouldn't even do that. <laughs> like, just let it go. It's time. But how are y'all doing this morning on this good Tuesday morning? I got a few things to talk about. Um, There's not a whole lot in the news today that I found, to be honest with you. I didn't find a whole, whole lot. But we'll try to talk about a few things today. Good morning to everybody on the Facebook Live. I am live on Facebook, so if you want to check that out, go ahead and search the Facebook Live. Just search the Buzz page, 1230 AM, The Buzz. And it should be one of those first things popping up on the page. Um, Just got a, a few things I want to talk about. A couple of, you know, local stories. A few uh national stories as well. And some celebrity news, because, you know, it's always kind of interesting to talk about that kind of thing. I definitely want to talk about um, this this viral moment between T.I. and his wife, Tiny, and his one of his sons, King. They went to uh, uh, T.I. performed at the halftime show, I believe. Either It was either the halftime show or he um, like he led the Falcons out of the. I don't know what you call it. I know for baseball it's called the dugout, but I can't remember what it's called for football. But you know what I mean. Like he led the team out to the field, um, and I and it came with him doing a little bit of a performance, um. And after the game, well, maybe not even after the game, but at some point, he got into an altercation. Him and his wife Tiny got into a, a verbal altercation, which ended up leading to a physical altercation with one of their sons named King. And in the video, they're arguing back and forth. 
at first I didn't know who was who he was arguing with because you only really see King on the video every like everyone because he's he's the one holding the phone and he is arguing with his parents about what sounds like living a, a different life than what was portrayed on their TV show uh, Ti and Tiny's Family Hustle. Um, it was a real popular one of the real popular reality shows where. You know, they just had cameras around and they filmed them doing, you know, family stuff and all that. Apparently, the story is or the backstory is that King didn't actually live in the mansion that was shown on the TV show. He apparently lived with his grandmother, T.I. or Tiny's mom. And so he was kind of trying to portray the fact that, you know, you had me living a lie. Like you would only call, y'all would call me from my grandma's house in the hood to come to the mansion so we could film for your TV show. But I ain't really grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth. Like that was the kind of, that was some of what he said in the video as he's arguing with his parents. I never grew up with a silver spoon in my mouth. And Tiny is like, yes, you did. You absolutely did. As a matter of fact, you weren't at your grandmother's house because, you know, we didn't want you around our wealth or we didn't want you around. You were there because you begged to be there because you threw tantrums when you couldn't go over there and be over there. You didn't like what came with living, you know, in a in a good neighborhood because you couldn't be outside, you know, with your friends or with the kids who you wanted to be friends with the same way you could be outside in this gated community that we live in. At some point in the video, he does say, when she says this to him, like, you chose to be over there at your grandma's house. It was, we didn't force you over there. He says out of his own mouth, because I didn't want to live in these gates. And so it kind of negates his entire argument of the fact that his parents like treated him differently or made him quote unquote suffer. He kind of told on himself. And so it, it, it finally made sense that, Oh, okay. That's what this is. This, this young guy, this is something that we see often as well. This young guy who was born into a, 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 a level of privilege did not appreciate that his parents were able to create a better life for him, were were able to, you know, send him to good schools and, and have him live in a gated community. He didn't appreciate that because he would much rather be living the life of somebody who didn't have much. He, he for whatever reason, he found, you know, more privilege or, or perceived privilege in, living with his grandma where he could go outside and play in the neighborhood with with, with different kids and he could kind of do what he wanted to do because his grandma spoiled him because he, he would go over there and she would let him do whatever he wanted to do and wouldn't really discipline him all that hard and that's why he begged to be over there. And it seems like that is like a a, a running theme. The same could be said about a John Morant. As, as most people have already, you know, said, John Morant grew, didn't grow up in the hood. So that's why it was so shocking to a lot of people that he was all on social media playing with guns and all this other stuff. You didn't grow up like that. That's not your, <laughs> that's not your, your claim to fact. Like you didn't, that's not you. That's not your beginning. So why, why, what is this obsession? What is this obsession with some of our young men to, to, to want to be able to claim Poverty, to want to be able to claim struggle, 
you have two very hardworking parents who 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 probably work themselves to the work work their fingers to the bone to create a life for you where you can live and 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 take advantage of certain privileges, things that our ancestors hoped and prayed that we'd be able to have and do someday. And that's not good enough for you. You would much rather take as 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 the character Esquire in one of my favorite movies, which see I happen to be in. This movie called ATL. It's one of my favorite movies. I grew up watching that movie. There's a certain character in that movie by the name, the nickname of Esquire. Esquire come from the projects, but he was very intelligent. He was very, very um, ambitious. He worked at a country club because he wanted to make money, but also he wanted proximity to people who had wealth so that he could walk himself through certain doors to get himself up out of poverty. There's also another character in that movie by the name of Nunu. She is a young lady who comes from wealth. And they have a conversation, an argument, where he says to her, you can have the piss in the hallway. If you want this life, you can have it, because I'm trying to get up out of here. I'm trying to make something of myself. You're complaining about living in wealth because it's, it's not exciting enough for you. It's not fun enough for you to be able to, to, to have a roof over your head and, and have somewhere clean and, and safe to live. It's not good enough for you to be able to buy whatever you want whenever you want to. To not have to worry about how you're going to afford higher education. That's not good enough for you. You would much rather come over on my side of the tracks to get your thrills, to get your kicks. It's like that movie's playing out in real life. But a lot of our young people. Now, we could blame that on, you know, TV and music and whatever but I'm not so much focused on what to blame my focus is how do we fix it how do we change the narrative how do we get through to these young people if you want to talk about that call me at 513-749-1230 because I'm trying to tell you I grew up on fixed income like (laughs) Like, that was not fun. No part of that was fun for me. No part of, 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 and don't get me wrong, Della Joe did what she had to do to make ends meet. So I never truly went hungry. I never truly went without. She worked very hard to make sure of that fact. But it was still a lot of things that I didn't have access to. I There was no guarantee that I was going to go to college and be able to afford it. So I got some student loans as we speak. There was no discussion about a college fund or none of that. As a matter of fact, after graduation, my grandma looked at me and was like, so what you going to do? Because <laughs> she didn't have nothing to give me. It just is. is mm-hmm. it, it, there has to be a way to get through to these young people. It has to be. Before I go to this break, Ms. Nettie, how you doing? How you doing? Greetings to you from beautiful Lincoln Heights. How you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Ms. Nettie. Oh, I'm so glad to have talked to you. Well, I'm going to say this to you. Thank you for being the talk show, oh God, the talk show host that you are. Because you brought out a lot of stuff yesterday. And today, I'm from the projects, baby, and I raised my children down there. Yes, ma'am. And I loved it. You hear me? 
I want to say that to you. Keep on keeping on. And I want to say this to the real Terrence Howard. Hey, he would already be claimed by me if I was younger. Can you dig it? Oh, my Lord. Miss Nettie. Yes, let me tell you why. Because he's a good guy. And I hope that somebody will see that in him. Now, Mr. Melvin, I got with him. Because I was going to say, you're going to upset Mr. Melvin in a minute. No, no. He knows that his woman, the woman that broke their home up for real, went on and married somebody else. But he's a good guy. Now, he's a good guy. But he still is not my guy. But he's best friend. Hey, because I know how to treat somebody. I know how to treat somebody. I'm so confused, Miss Nettie. <laughs> no, I'm not confused. I said I'm confused. No, don't be confused, baby. <laughs> All I'm saying is, Mr. Melvin is a great friend of mine, and he is always going to be that. And they say that somebody gets on Facebook and talk about me and say, what about his, mar- his marriage? Guess what? I didn't break him up about 20 years ago. <laughs> but I tell you this, their loss was my gain. He helped me, and we helped each other. So now, you know, we used to be physical, hey, but not now. But we're trying to pay these bills together. And it's a wonderful thing. So I want to send this out to everyone there that I love all of y'all. And I'm going to be calling back on Maya's birthday is tomorrow. I didn't know that. Yes, Maya's birthday is tomorrow. I got her picture up in here, old baby, when she was a little bit of baby. I want you to baby shower. All that. But I just wanted to put that out there to everyone so y'all won't be confused that if he had been, if I'd have been much younger, put it like that, hey, the real Terrence Hyde wouldn't be looking. He'd be already finding, baby, and be fed well. Ask Mr. Melvin. God bless all of y'all, and I love all of y'all. And I love y'all to talk about me because when y'all talk about me, y'all make me relevant. And I love that. Oh, Raven, just keep it up, girl. Keep up doing what you're doing. Yes, ma'am. Okay? <laughs> oh, Lord, just keep it doing. Yes, ma'am. Keep on being a talk show host, but also be kind to people, and you'll go a long ways. Okay? Yes, ma'am. And 50 years, Lord's will, <laughs> we'll be celebrating you. Yes, ma'am. All right, God bless you. And Sharon where all the lady walk and talk, and to Lincoln beware, and to Maya, and to everyone out there. I send my love to y'all. Okay? I just, I, I couldn't get it out. I just was full this morning. Yes, ma'am. All right, baby, and you have a blessed and beautiful day. You too, Miss Nettie. I appreciate your call. Bye-bye. She's so full of love, I tell you. <laughs> that was so the f- most TMI moment I've ever, I've ever been a part of. You seem to have an uncomfortable look on your face that whole conversation. I, I was slightly uncomfortable because I felt like I just knew a little bit too much about Miss Nettie in that moment. Just uh, a little bit too much. Just a little bit. No. Nah, nah. She needs to speak more. Bring more love. <laughs> you only saying that because so, she said you could get it. <laughs> so Raven could just feel the love, I don't need Miss to feel, Nettie. I don't, I don't need to feel none of I that. I think I'm going to give Miss Nettie. between you and Miss Nettie. I don't need no, I don't need no part. I'm going to give Miss Nettie permission to call in and get back on the air one more time. No, you can't do that. That was your call for the day, Miss Nettie. I'm sorry. I love you. But that was it. I got to go to this break when I come back. I'll talk to Lamar and Bill and Zakia.
If you want to call me, 5437491230 is the number to get on board. 1230 AM, the buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station. Twelve thirty a.m. The buzz of Cincinnati. Your talk station. You're listening to the Lincoln West Show. Filling in for him today is Raven Mundy. I'm gonna go to the phone so I can talk to Lisa Baker with Crime Stoppers. How you doing today, Miss Lisa? Good morning, Raven. Good morning. I'm with you, Miss Nettie. Just laid it all on the line, <laughs> didn't she? <laughs> I understand her to say I didn't take the I didn't take a man, but they lost was my game. <laughs> Was a clean-up woman. The clean-up woman. Woman who, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's and, what it look, sounded like. Miss Nettie was the clean-up woman. Well, I just know we better not stand too close to Miss Terrence. <laughs> she said, if I was just a little bit young, I'd say, Miss Nettie, you can be, be who you are. Terrence, he, he don't discriminate. I don't think he at this point, At this point, I feel like we should arrange a date. Like, at this point, because she said that her and Miss Melvin don't really fool around like that no more. So we might just need to go ahead and... and, and and make it happen. Well, I was looking for Terrence at the breakfast because Miss Nettie was live and in full effect at the <laughs> Lincoln Ware Walking Club breakfast. And I looked high and low. I said, now, where is the real Terrence Howard? Because Miss Nettie was looking. <laughs> That's funny. We're looking for two people today. The first one, Karan White. Karan White, he's wanted for felony probation violation and a theft. Karan White is a black male. He's 30 years old, 6 foot 1, 205 pounds. He has a history of trafficking and drugs and gun charges. Last known to live on Crosley Avenue in Norwood. That's Karan White. We're also looking for Nicole Meeks. She's wanted by the Hamilton County Sheriff's Office on two counts of felony probation violation. She's a white female. She's 44 years old, 5 foot 2, 100 pounds. She has a history of drug charges. She's from Trenton, Ohio. So if any of the listeners know where detectives can find Karan White or Nicole Meeks, give Crime Stoppers a call, 513-352-3040. I appreciate your call, Ms. Lisa. Thank you. Thank you. Um, before the break, we were talking about, well, Ms. Nettie kind of rerouted us to a whole different conversation. But before that, I was talking about, this viral video of T.I., the rapper, and his wife, Tiny, who is a singer in the group, the old school group, SWV. Um, they have a son together by the name of King, and they were at the Atlanta Falcons versus uh, New Orleans Saints game where T.I. did a performance. They also had what I'm assuming are box seats or something like that or club seats, whatever it's called, and they were engaged in a verbal altercation that did eventually lead to it becoming physical where T.I. did yoke up King, um, which is his son. And But in the verbal altercation, they were basically arguing back and forth about, I don't even know what the, the context of the conversation was, but King was trying to make the point that he didn't grow up with a silver spoon in his mouth. And his parents were like, yes, you did. You didn't, you didn't want for nothing. Like any, like you pretty much got whatever you wanted. And, he tried to make the point that, well, I grew up at my granny house. I didn't grow up in that mansion that was on the TV show. And they responded to him by saying, you want it to be there. Like, you want it to be at your grandma's house because you knew that going over there, you was going to be able to do whatever you wanted. There wasn't going to be no real discipline. 
you also you also wanted to be able to you know have certain experiences by living with her and being with her on her side of town or whatever which i don't even think i don't even think that she lived on like in a bad neighborhood it just wasn't a gated community where the particular household was that you know ti and and tiny lived in supposedly um because i'm not even sure that i believe that you know that mansion was their actual home but all that pushed aside he eventually told on himself because he said, yeah, I didn't want to be over there because I didn't want to be in them gates, referring to the gated community in which that mansion was located. So really what it sounds like is, King, you just being ungrateful. You 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 removed yourself from a an environment, a healthy environment, an environment where you would have been well taken care of. You were regardless, but you would have been well taken care of. You could have you know received the same benefits as all the rest of the kids who grew up in that household you just chose not to be there because there was something more alluring about not living in a gated community there was something more thrilling about being able to have certain experiences that came with outside of coming from wealth you wanted that 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 trauma of poverty you wanted that you wanted to simulate that trauma of you know, having next to nothing and, and, and not living and having the best. You wanted that. You you preferred that over what you could have had access to. And we see this attitude in a lot of our young people where they, you ain't never been about no street life. You don't even know nobody who about no street life unless it was, it was one of your homeboys who you went to school with or something like that. But if you go to a private school, you probably not gonna come across that dude. So like you, you are feeding into the images that you see which a lot of it is in the music. A lot of it is in a lot of these TV shows that we all enjoy, like Power and, and and you know, BMF and, and all of them type of TV programs. Like you are trying to simulate this experience of struggle and poverty that you have no relation to. As a matter of fact, your parents have more relation to, to it than you do because they probably did grow up in it and worked very hard so that you wouldn't have to. How do we remove that that desire for it how, how somebody or, or rather sister v on a facebook live she said well we have to identify the cause we have to identify where it comes from but i feel like we do that all the time do we not we had that conversation quite a bit like i just said a lot of it comes from the music a lot of it comes from the tv and the the images on the internet that they are exposed to i feel like now is the time for the conversation of how do we fix it because they're going to they keep making episodes of Power. They're going to keep making episodes of, of, of BMF and all them other type of shows. Snowfall when it was on. The music is going to keep being fulfilled with violence and, and drug use and, and, and all of that. Like, well, how do you protect your kid from developing that mindset in a world where those images are most prominent? I want to hear from some parents. How do you combat this? Now, somebody else on Facebook Live said, go ahead and just beat their ass. <laughs> and I don't agree with that. I can't agree with that because I don't believe beating your child for every any and every reason is the the way to go. I know some of y'all might agree with that, but I don't know if that's it. You can't beat the desire out of a child, I don't think. It's a mindset thing. You know, allotting a physical reprimand for a, a mental issue or a mental, you know, discrepancy I don't know if that's the best way to go. But again, I'm not a parent. So if you are a parent, call me. 513-749-1230 is the number to get on board. When I come back from this break, I'll go straight to the phones and talk to Lamar. I'll talk to Bill and Zakia as well. If you want to talk to me, 
513-749-1230 is the number to get on board. It's 1230 AM, the buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station. Twelve thirty a.m. The Buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station. You are listening to the Lincoln Ware Show. Filling in for him today is Raven Mundy, and I'm going straight to the phones. Lamar, how you doing today? I'm doing all right. How you doing? Pretty good. Uh, I was calling in about the T.I. situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you, uh, I say you hit it on the head. It's a lot of kids that they kind of like want to be gangsters. Even if they didn't come from the hood, but like uh, I, I, I do agree when you say it's probably the music, it's probably the, the TV shows you watch and stuff like that that influences them. Mm-hmm. But on the, in another aspect, I think that his his Ti, his dad. I mean, he has to do with um, being a young a young kid or a young man. You kind of want to be like your dad. Yeah. Uh, I'm from. I'm kind of from the hood. You can say I'm from the I'm from downtown. Down um, away. Down away. And, uh, you know, my dad wasn't you know, the most successful person to be, but he's somebody I idolized. And uh, I, I did a lot of things trying to one-up him. I think a lot of young men want to be like their father or better than their father mm-hmm. and whatever it is that their father is doing. If your father's a, a self-proclaimed gangster, mm-hmm. You might want to, you might want to be that too. You know what I mean? It's gonna be some influence to to uh, be that, and not only to be that, but to be a better gangster than your father was. But. So let me ask you about that, Lamar. Did you ever feel like, like when you was coming up and you was a young young dude trying to find yourself and establish yourself? Did you feel like there was this sense of like I have to f- kind of figure out where I am on this, you know? certain hierarchy of like masculinity like like being influenced by some of my father's activities and and being witness to some of it and and also having to be like i think there's a lot of, a lot of um like when a young man is is known to be the offspring of a of a man who is notorious for certain things there's also a lot of pressure put on that young man to see how he will like you said one-up him or either emulate him in some way like there's a there's a certain level of pressure that comes with that as well do you feel like you were pressured by outside influences to kind of live up to his name i think um you know people people were more like i'm 37 so i I say we're the last real generation (laughs) you know everybody after us you know yeah you know Although they, can, they can't stand but, millennials either, but you know it is what it is. <laughs> but um, for me, people said the same thing when I was young. It's the music. I don't think it was ever the music, or but I didn't imitate anybody. The only thing that I say, I was from the hood. I just had to be what I, I was. Like mm-hmm. you know, I did stupid things because of my man at that time. That's the only way I could make money, survive, uh, whatever you want to say. But mm-hmm. I. I, I I think, um, um, like, when people tell stories, like uncles and aunts and stuff like that about, you know, the past life of somebody's daddy or something like that, yeah. I think they unwillingly um, put, put um, I don't know what to say. Like, uh, promote put, uh, Promote ideas and put them in the, the people's heads that they're telling because now they're like, okay, he's been idolized by, you know, this and this and this. It's like they're idolizing, you know, the father. So you kind of want to go that way, but... 
Uh, I always knew right from wrong. I knew that, you know, what he did was bad, but I still did it also. Mm-hmm. I, I knew right from wrong. Um, I would say not really, not really. Okay. With me, it, with me, it was my situation. Again, I came from downtown Cincinnati with a lot of murders. I, I remember walking out of my door and seeing bodies on the ground. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was just something I grew up around. So, so for it, you, it was, it was just more environmental influence. Yeah, pretty much. So then, what Even do you think? I knew my dad so, was a gangster, and I listened to all kind of rap music. That back then, I don't think rap influenced rap influenced me. I think they were just like telling the story of what. They yeah, were it was doing. just kind of the soundtrack. Yeah, right. It's just the soundtrack of my life. So that's why I like rap back then. But now, rap. It, I, I'm not a fan of rap now because of how bad it's gotten and how vulgar it's gotten mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I'm like, this this, this, this ain't even rap no more. You know what I mean? So. Um, yeah, I would say my my environment, but when it comes to like King, you know, Ti's son. Yeah, because where did that come up, from? Is, is it so that has to be? If it's not environmental, it has to be influence, right? I would think his father. His father's famous for being a gangster. His father's famous for you know being from the hood and talking about selling dope and shooting guns and stuff. That's what he's famous for. So yeah, and he and it worked out for him. His life in his life, it worked out. So. Yeah. I mean, as, as a son looking at that, you go, well, that's a, that's a, that's the blueprint. You know what I mean? Like, in my eyes, that's that's how. Mm, that's a good like, point. Well, that's the blueprint. Be a gangster, you know. You 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 become a millionaire, and, but the sad truth about it is that's that's not the that's not the reality. You probably end up dead or most likely in jail or something like that. You, you won't make it to be a rapper. You know what I mean? So, uh, I don't know. I think with these younger kids, they they just they are. I feel like they are actually influenced by the music. They are actually influenced by um, the old stories they tell about you know, the older gangsters and stuff like that, and they want to be them. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, with me, it wasn't the case, but with these newer kids, mm-hmm. I think they just so highly influenced by anything they see. They they just want to be anything. Like you, you bring out. Um, What's the guy name who did the? Uh, I'm not a homophobe or nothing like that. But what's the guy that came out and uh, what the, the gay uh, guy? Uh, Lil Nas X. Yeah. So you know when he came out, I seen a a, a, a switch in kids. You know, being gay. You know what I mean? Thinking it's cool and stuff like that. So I think they they more influenced by that stuff, like uh, you know, music and stuff like that. But um, again, right, with Ti, I think a lot of it had to do with his dad. He's tried. Probably, I was trying to be like my dad a little bit. I think a lot of men try to be like their father. If my father was a, you know, a politician. I probably would try to be a. Poli- I probably would try to be a politician. Mm. You know what I mean? But my father was a gangster, so. I I, I I feel you, Lamar. So was mine. I ain't want no parts, <laughs> but so was mine. I appreciate your call, though. All right. All right. Thank you. Um, that he made a valid point. He did make a very valid point. With a kid like King, if you have a father who does come from poverty and did find a way to kind of amass this 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 almost impossible amount of wealth for somebody who comes from where he comes from, it does kind of add value to the lifestyle. That makes sense. Because I go a lot to you. A lot of these kids these days are very, like, money-driven. A lot of these kids really – and that's also something that's heavily promoted in the music as well. But um, a lot of kids, like young kids, are like very money driven and very money motivated. Um, and it's so easy these days to make money on uh, via the internet and stuff like that. Like his kids who's making 
money doing little TikTok dances. Like, that's why your kids are so obsessed with TikTok. One, because it's popular and it's trending. But two, it's because people are making a living off of doing little TikTok dances on the internet and, and doing little stuff and challenges and stuff on the internet. People are making money off of that. It's very easy to do. It don't take too much thinking to do it. Like, it don't take too much brain power or brain work. We are a world that lives for convenience. Like a lot of kids these days are very much so money driven. And so if I can look at my dad and see that he made millions and millions of dollars after living this, this impoverished, you know, lifestyle, I might just be a little bit more inclined to try to emulate and follow in his footsteps. But as Lamar said, what doesn't get translated is the fact that T.I. is an anomaly. He is, he is, you know, his, his his success story is very rare. It's not something that happens every day. It might seem like it because, you know, the, the, the music industry is saturated with artists who, whose claim to fame is coming from poverty and having to, quote unquote, get it out the mud and, you know, having to, you know, stand on business, as he kept saying in the video. Like, it, it might seem as though anybody can do it, but that's not the reality. How do we impart that knowledge into our youth? I got to go to this break. When I come back, I'm going to talk to Bill, Ms. Akia, Blade, Esteban, and Mr. Alaya. And we'll be right back. It's 1230 AM, the buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station. AM, the buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station. You're listening to the Lincoln Ware Show. Feeling it for him today is Raven Mundy. Um, on the Facebook Live, they are talking about, you know, this just how do we get these young people to stop desiring struggle that they cannot relate to? Why is it so popular to be from from the hood, quote unquote, or from the struggle? How do we how do we instill in them the proper values? Of, of of appreciating how hard your mother and father worked to, to make sure you didn't have to live the life that they lived. How do we make that a thing? How do we make that happen? A lot of people on the Facebook Live are saying that you just whoop them, you beat them. <laughs> That's what you do. And, you know, I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of corporal punishment for a child. For a child. I have doled out a few whoopings here and there. And even even in that, I haven't done like, like no real whooping. Like I done popped, I done popped my niece and nephew a few times. I ain't, I can't even really call that a whooping. I don't think I've ever given like an actual whooping. I've popped them. I've tapped a thigh or a hand up once or twice, and that was enough. Cause I remember the tr- like I remember being traumatized by getting whoopings. So I didn't, I didn't really want to, I don't really want to inflict that on a child. And you know. I'm okay. For the most part, I think I'm okay. I don't really have any, like, what I feel are any leftover, like, other than, like, remembering it. I don't have any leftover trauma from getting whoopings as a child. Other than the fact that I just choose not to, you know, parent in that way when I eventually do become a parent someday. If I, excuse me, if I become a parent someday, I choose to you know, make slightly different decisions in that, in that area. But I don't necessarily feel like I have any trauma because of getting whoopings as a child. That being said, I I do want to, you know, grow, earn and grow a level of patience 
beforehand because I don't want to be that parent who feels like whoopings are always the answer. I feel like that's kind of you can feel how you want to say you can feel how you want to feel about it when I say this, but I feel like it's kind of lazy. I feel like it's 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 not always as effective as you think it is. Because although I didn't experience any trauma, that doesn't mean that my child won't. Although I didn't experience any leftover, you know, PTSD from being beat. That ain't that don't mean that my child won't. I don't want to create a child who feels like whenever they are upset about something, it gives them license to put their hands on somebody. I don't want to create that kind of of inhumanity in another human being. I don't want them to 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 excuse being physically violent to another person based off of their emotions or or somebody being physically violent towards them based off of their emotions. I don't want to create that. So I, I prefer to parent in a way that doesn't prioritize corporal punishment. That's just me. But a lot of y'all do believe that whooping is the answer. Is it? Let me know. When I get some people off this line, you can call me and tell me at 513-749-1230. That's the number to get on board. I'm going to go back to the phones. Bill, how you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, Miss Nettie, eat your heart out. Uh, you brought the sunshine in our life. Um, I want to skip the, the subject of um, disciplining kids and all that, as well as T.I., because T.I., years ago, was in Cincinnati uh, purchasing guns and all that in uh, the result of trying to stir up some drama. And I look at him as negative, but I want to praise you. I wanted to talk about yesterday about your brilliant work that you did Saturday on Tracy Hunter. Thank you. Uh, it really brought tears to my eyes, uh, what she went through. Uh, this is a very, very strong, intelligent black woman, just like you, Raven. And I'm going to give you your props in a minute as well. But Tracy Hunter is the result of the, uh, the fresh vegetable, the, um, uh, the artichoke uh, left by, you know, the legacy of ML King, uh, where you strip off the, uh, the leaves and everything to get to the heart. And the heart is Tracy Hunter, and I tell you, uh, it was just really rotten of what Joe Dieters did. And even though Joe Dieters wasn't actually the one that sent her to uh, jail, it was another judge that, that uh, sentenced her to jail. Can't think of his name, but it was Joe Dieters that laid the, the blueprint out. And I tell you, you know, I, from what I understand, I learned that, you know, now, which I don't want to believe that you can now purchase a gun. Well, you know what? <clears throat> I hope one of these days that some loose eight ball, whatever it is, uh, crack ball, whatever it is, you know, gets the nerve to get a gun and go to Joe Dieter's office and blow I'm going to stop you right there, Bill. Away. I'm going to stop you right there. Let's not do that. I just hope that doesn't happen. I really do. Okay. I thought you were going to say something else. No, 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 I wasn't. I wasn't. Let me finish, please. Okay. Please, please. I mean, my point is is that, you know, we got a corrupted judge in our city. It's already, uh, you know, just, just corruption in Cincinnati. I mean, black person can't get a break at all because of Joe Dieters or, or any other judge. 
that is just, you know, uh, um, corrupted, of, of taking a black person's head off. But, I mean, you know, it, it just really brought tears to my eyes. But, I mean, I look at Tracy Hunter just like you, Raven, as strong and intelligent. And I give props to strong, intelligent black people, black men and black women, uh, as well as Terrence. You know, for keeping that music popping and everything and all that. And, and, you know, I just love the atmosphere that the two of y'all have uh, this week filling in for Mr. Ware. Well, we appreciate Uh, you for listening, Bill. And I'm just giving you props. I mean, I'm not trying to bring any negativity in in the surface because I'm the person that likes to to clean it up, really, to be honest with you. But, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, you know... We have to address the problem, you know, in a more professional and and suitable, aggressive way, you know, and if it means hurting people's feelings and stepping on toes and all that, so be it. You know, we want to get to the point. We want to get to the promised land. We want to get to the finish line. And I look at you, Raven, as like you're in a marathon race. People like Miss Nettie and me and everybody are cheering for you and everything. And you're just going right through the finish line. And, I mean, it's just where you deserve your props. And that's what that, I believe in giving. So, you know, I appreciate the opportunity to speak. And, Terrence, you keep that music popping, man, because I tell you, I love you. I appreciate your call, Mr. Bill. I- All righty. Make sure... You know, all of this happens today. Yeah. Today's your last day to get that out. (laughs) Once the show is over, I'm just saying. I'll just leave it at that. Because if y'all do this when Lincoln comes back tomorrow, it's going to be some sugar honey iced tea. I just need you to know. He going to be giving me all types of dirty looks through the window. If y'all come, if y'all call him tomorrow, talking about Raven did such a good job. So just get it out today. Call me today and do that. So you ain't got to do it tomorrow, please. And thank you. I'm not trying to get no dirty looks from Lincoln Ware in the morning. Appreciate you. <laughs> I'm going to go back to the phones and talk to Ms. Akia. How you doing? I'm wonderful, darling. I'm getting ready to go up for Taco Tuesday at the Ooh, where dedicated that? seniors. Oh, that sounds good. That sounds fun. Yeah. We do it every other Tuesday. So, um, yeah, I always love going up there. You know, and I don't always have to go to see the doctor. You know, there are other activities that are designed, you know, for social nature, so to combat the loneliness. Um, gosh, just being together and learning and growing, you know, Mm -hmm. mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And I'm just really grateful for, for, um, Dedicated singers, I am. Yes, ma'am. But, um, Miss Nettie, I and hollered when I heard her. <laughs> okay, because see, here's the thing: whoever this person is that's been messing with her on Facebook and saying stuff about her and Melvin. That's not true. Well, you know what? Miss Nettie got back today because, see, now not only do the people on Facebook know the truth, folks listening 
to the Lake and Weir show with Raven and Terrence. Now they know the truth as well. Oh, well, too bad, too sad. Now, Facebook person, you know better. So, you know, your lies just have no more power. So, oh, that you won't do that again. But at any rate, you know, see, and what Miss Nettie said has a lot of truth to it. It's really, yeah, you know, like, hmm, we're at that point in time where there may be snow on the rooftop, but some folks still have fire in that furnace, you know, and so it's okay if Terrence turn her on, and that's okay. She can have her fantasies. I have my fantasies about E.T., so, you know, but... You know, we do what we have to do, or we do what we want to do, whatever makes us happy, okay? Because, see, we don't have to be sad and upset, okay? We can be alone, but we don't have to be lonely. And Nikki, I wish you could see my face right difference. now. Huh? I wish you could see my face right now. Why? I got to go to a break, Mr. Kia. It's the top of the hour. All right, darling. I'm on my way to dedicated singers. Have a wonderful. I'll be listening though. I'll I'll still be listening as I'm getting ready. I'll talk to you later. Talk All to right. you, talk to you later, Miss Akia. Did she really just say that? I am I am genuinely in shock. Zakia might want some logs in her furnace too. Let's go to break. I'm I'm. What is today's show? I'm going to break. It's 12.30 a.m. The Buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station. <laughs> Terrence Howard is out here inspiring the ladies today. I don't know what it is about you, T, but you're inspiring some, some, some hot furnaces today. <laughs> it's 12.30 a.m. The Buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station. You're listening to the Lake Aware Show. Villain Ever Him is Raven Monday. This this gotta be one of my favorite shows I've ever done. <laughs> Cause I am tickled pink. I'm going back to the phones to talk to Blade. How you doing today? Hello? How you doing, Blade? Hey, how's it going? Pretty uh, good. Good show. I wanna uh ring ring it back in to what what the the topic was? Yes, please. Okay. Um, I guess some pies do don't stay dry, but um, um, you were talking about um similarities with um Ti Sun and some movies. Uh, this is the Tariq generation. Um, you know, uh, Ti Sun. It's not too late for him. Is this Ti got to put his foot down? I like the way Shaq is raising his kids. When um, they said, yeah, we rich, and um, Shaq told him, no, nah, this is my money. You got to get your own. And I think that's what T.I. is going to have to do, guide his son towards something, education or something. Because uh, T.I. has been trying to help him out. I mean, the boy can't rap, and he just floating on his parents' uh, 
parents, uh, the, uh, his, his parents. So, you know, if he wants to be that or whatever, they're going to have to go out and put him out there. Uh, let him see how it really is, how they really get money. Because if you look at him, what does he do? He does, only thing he do is go around, uh, when he's at the Waffle House, uh, he, um, done that working man so bad, so, you know, he gonna have to start somewhere. Uh, I, don't, I don't disagree with you, Blade. I think that might just be what need to happen with him. Because how do you, I just don't understand how you that bold and that brazen and that disrespectful standing in a in a box seat or a club seat or whatever they call it that your parents pay for. That that you are only you only have access to most of the luxurious things in your life because of your parents. How do you how do you be that bold? How how you don't agree with me when you just prove my point? I just said I agree with you, Blake. You misheard oh. me. Oh my fault, my fault. I'm I'm so sorry, Raven. Um, but I, I didn't hear it because I'm I'm so used to you um, disagree with me. It, it, well, it, most it, of the it, time you say disagreeable things, but you're right today. It, I, I'm just saying it, it's like I'm at a loss of words. Uh, you like just blew my mind, but um, yeah, he, um, you know, people, you know, uh, people been telling, uh, I mean, been telling Ti about his son, and he didn't want to hear. It, so, you know, and then then what's bad about it? Now, you're gonna probably hear a couple of news cycles that uh, Ti gonna be charged with assault because the way his son is, he might be filed charges on his on his father for putting hands on him. So, you know, we gotta be careful with these spoiled children because, um, you know, he can get T.I. and Tiny in a lot of problems because we already know they got scandals going anyway. That's going to pop back up because everybody's being exposed now. So, you know, um, he needs to be careful. You know, he needs to, you know, go on and semi-cut his son off um, because, you know, I mean, if anything happens to T.I. or Tiny, I'm pretty sure they're going to get some money or whatever, but you know, he need to look re- rewrite that trust fund. Some if or buts, you know, if his son can't get his own money, maybe he don't need Ti's money because the only thing going to do is um, blow it off. I mean, look look at the things when we saw this boy growing up. Have we saw Have we saw him do anything positive? Why would you embarrass your son? I mean, your your parents like that? That that, that just it's so embarrassing. And then we got to talk about how can we save him? We need to ask him: Is he willing to save himself? So you know, we can only save the ones that want to be saved. We're not. I mean, you know, I can understand we want to whatever, whatever. But, but it's not. I didn't say save. I'm I'm just attempting to have a conversation about how we can shift that desire from our young people like how do we reestablish and recondition their minds to value the hard work that the people before them that provided them a better life than they had how do you, how do we promote them. them to to appreciate that how do we switch up how they think about those things we say the same thing save them yeah yeah save them from self-destruction there's a rap song out back in the days called self-destruction. Yeah, how can we, because you said it so eloquently, save that boy from himself? Because he he's a, a ticking time bomb. And what's bad about it, he's laughable. He's, he's funny. And, you know, now he's about to, because he's not going to stop. Now he's about to really blow everything out of the water, the secrets about his mother and father. 
and it's it's just sad, you know. But when you spoil them, that's what they do to you. Hey, have a good one. I appreciate your call, Blade. I'm gonna go back to the phones. Um, yeah, I don't I don't necessarily know if I'm saying save <laughs> semantics, but I don't know necessarily know if I'm saying how can we save these kids i'm more so just trying to attempt uh, i'm attempting to address the issue that not just king but our youth in general how do we i hear a lot of my elders and again i say it respectfully i have to say it every time because y'all get offended when i say it but i grew up using the term elder as a as a term of reverence so when i say it that's what i mean but i grew up like or and even now I hear a lot of my elders talk about the fact that when they were growing up it was it was you know looked looked upon like when 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 people had their own businesses their own small businesses in certain neighborhoods like that was something to aspire to you know when when your father went off to work his factory job or his whatever job and he came home after working long hours every day that was something to aspire to that was something to to you know, that in that encourage you to want to, you know, be better and, 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 and take advantage of the opportunities that were afforded to you. Where did that, where did that change? Where, where, where did that fall off? Cause I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily know if, if kids is like, do you even talk to your kids about what you do? Like, do you have conversations with your children about the work that you do? Do you encourage them to to seek after, you know, I know it's a big thing nowadays for kids to follow, to to be encouraged to follow their dreams. And I'm not going to never tell a parent not to encourage their child to follow their dreams. But also, is there enough explanation and knowledge about some of these other types of things outside of trying to do music or trying to be, you know, a rapper or a ball player or whatever. Not that those aren't, you know, respectable jobs, but do we, do we actually show appreciation and value for your regular nine to five? Do you talk about with your kids, how blessed you are to work that nine to five that afforded you to be able to buy your own house and, 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 and afford them a Christmas? Or do you come home and complain about your job all day? Cause there's that. Do you come home from work and and and, and get on the phone with your girlfriend and cuss out your uh, and, and cuss out your coworkers? Like I think uh, again, <laughs> you can disagree with me if you want to. But a lot of times, I think these kids are aspiring after things because it seems more glamorous, because it seems more fun, because it seems more enticing and thrilling. If all you do is come home and complain about the job that you work every day. What motivation would they have to follow in your footsteps? To want to do something as reputable as what you do? Just something to think about. Going back to the phones. Mr. Laya, how you doing? Good morning, Raven. Uh, I tell you, young lady, you are, you're, you're very inspiring. If you were a daughter of mine, I'd feel like I was well on the way. I appreciate that, Mr. Laya. And also, I have children, and, and I was thinking about a problems they have within their adult lives and, you know, something going a bit foul as far as some eating that went on, you know, their marriage. But then when I considered, I said, wait a minute, I'm, I'm looking at the vision that I had as a boy and my children are mostly blessed. They're more on top of it than not. 
And, of course, I saw what the deficit was, and the deficit is is that because we all went through, in my lifetime, the era of global racism, slavery by white people, certain white people, that uh, we didn't know how to calculate our, our paths correctly. So we just need to now refresh ourselves by seeing the experiences we've had in America and around the world and then consider what's good statutes and bad statutes since we're also in a place where we deal with the law, you know, law on various levels, government law and what have you. So uh, very refreshing. Now, in terms of today and what you're saying about children, I don't have no doubt about it. When I consider how I came up, and I heard a caller say earlier, he always knew the uh, the truth from a lie. Isn't that what he said? Something like that? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's not true because if you're brought up uh, in, uh, what do you call it, what's that salivating dog, Pavlov's theory, where everything is backward, where you teach an elephant, uh, you know, for it's got his leg chained to a post, and when you let it go, he won't go no further. Mm-hmm. When, when you consider that our people were devastated in their way, and if we only recognize what we went through, then we can know how to heal. So my point is that with our children, we have to take our children and know how to methodically, because we can figure out first as parents how to disconnect from imagination. That's the tool that the occupiers, the enslavers, used to get our people. They wanted to deactivate the spiritual reality in our culture that we knew, which is why they wanted to aim precisely at bringing the Israelites into captivity. I mean, that's, that, that's supported by history. That's documented by uh, doctorates around the world, you know, in, in world history. So in order to get our children then, we have to uh, show them that the world you're living in has made itself known by way of imagination, but that you have something that is more deeper and substantial than imagination, and that is conscientious reality. So you, you, you merely show your children by uh, when they're young even, when they're at the age where they can, you know, do the language thing back and forth, you know, to that the parent has to, uh, you know, decide by, you know, their intuitive development and all that. And you ask the child to... Uh, close their eyes and uh, and ask them things like, is that the time when, uh, is that something like when you were born, when you were in mommy's belly? You know, and, and, and it's things like that without me using up too much time, that when you activate it along the way and you're, re-intro- you're reintroducing your child to good statutes, you know, good codes, and, you know, rather than the way that it was given to us, we was given a mixed bag where it's really called confusion because on the one side there's a good statute and on the other side are bad statutes. 
And let me close with this, Raven. The head that our people was given in 1619 that was developed eight years earlier in 1611 is the King James Bible. That became the new head, where on the white, on the one side, you got good statutes, and on the other side, you got bad statutes. And because you're not taught how to understand that confusion that's been created, that's why our children go out and they become violent. They don't know that they're reacting the very um, buttons that are being pushed by white supremacy. They have no idea. None of us had no idea. In the years that I was born, uh, I had no idea that there was something working against my mindset to keep me objectified and dead and in imagination. We have to learn how to, as our people, get back to spirituality, which means I've been right about something very central. I've been trying to take away the X of my of the Prophet Muhammad, a messenger of uh, Muhammad, where he dropped the X, and I've been trying to say, along as a witness, that our name is Israel, because when you teach your children what their name is, and you can support it by what good statutes are, then you have a winning hand. Mr. Lay, so, i got to go to a break. All right, so thank you for letting me share, Raven. I appreciate your day. call. I hope you, you understood, you know, as much as possible. I understood you. I appreciate your call. Thank you. Basically, if you were listening, he said all I had to say, become a Hebrew Israelite. I'm going to go to this break. When I come back, I'm going to talk to Ozzy. I'm going to talk to Rick Jr., Donna. I got a line open if you want it. So if, if you want to talk to me, call me at 513-749-1230. I also got Rhonda Berry with an update about the Williamsburg apartment. So I will be definitely taking her call. I'll be right back. It's 1230 a.m. The Buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station. was the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. In my mind, I want you to be free. Twelve thirty a.m. The Buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station. You're listening to the Lincoln West Show. Filling in for him is Raven Mundy. And before I go back to the phones, I want to get a few more stories out. Just a couple, just a few. We are still talking about this whole Ti, Tiny, and King Harris situation. They got into a, 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 a verbal and then eventually physical altercation at the last um falcons versus saints game where ti did a performance and they were in i can't remember i don't know if it's called box seats or club seats or whatever i don't know where, where, where the rich people sit that's where they were and they got into a physical altercation where king was trying to claim that he didn't grow up with a silver spoon in his mouth and he grew and his granny raised him he grew up living in his granny house and you know yada 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 blah 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 and ti and tiny basically said to him well you chose to be over there you could have been over here with the rest of your siblings and whoever else actually lived in this household with us, you could have been over here, but you chose to go to your granny house because over there you wouldn't get no real discipline. 
You could do whatever you wanted to do. You you could you had free reign of of whatever you wanted to to do. He also King himself admitted that he didn't want to live in a gated community. So it basically came across that you you ungrateful and you trying to emulate a lifestyle that you that don't relate to you. And so we were just kind of having a conversation about how we can steer our youth away from this very prevalent mindset that I see right now, which is I got to come from the struggle to be somebody or I got to come from poverty to 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 have some kind of, I don't know, street cred or something like that. Like a lot of our young people walk around with this 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 desire to be able to claim a level of poverty or, you know, street cred that don't belong to them. Because it makes them feel some kind of validated. It gives them a thrill. Much like, you know, the whole situation with John Morant and him playing with guns on the Internet. Like you, you don't come from that. Why are you even partaking in that? Why are you even around somebody who would have you doing stuff like that? With all the all of the opportunities and potential that you have. That's not for you. How do we break that that mindset and recondition our youth to value the very hard work that the people before them have put forth so that they don't have to live that same life of poverty and struggle? That their parents worked very hard for them not to have to live. That's what's on the agenda. If you want to talk about it, 513-749-1230 is the number to get on board. A lot of people were very upset with Big Snoop. When Snoop Dogg, a couple of weeks ago, he posted on his IG story that he was, quote unquote, giving up smoke. A lot of people assumed that he was giving up smoking marijuana. You know, that's his whole thing is Snoop is a very big advocate for marijuana and yada, yada. Well, he made this post and people assumed from the post that he was giving up smoking shortly after it was a lot of other rappers and industry people who was like you know what snoop i'm gonna take your lead if you can quit i can quit well it came out that he was doing an advertisement it was a commercial it was like a, a promo for a smokeless fire pit that man ain't not damn time stop smoking he was doing an advertisement for um a smokeless fire pit which i don't even know what that is like i know what a fire pit is but I don't care about us. I don't have no use for a fire pit in my day to day life. So I really don't care. The ad wasn't for me, clearly. But he did understand that saying something like that on that degree, when you are Snoop Dogg and you you're known for being a very avid weed smoker. It kind of it kind of made some people upset. Because he did kind of, again, when the assumption was that he was quitting weed or quitting, quitting smoking marijuana or whatever. He encouraged a lot of people to do the same. Y'all have heard me say it before. I used to smoke a little some some. I don't anymore. It's been years. I just didn't like I just stopped liking the way that it made me feel. I don't know what's in this new weed. I don't like it. I, I don't enjoy it at all. It's not for me. And I've heard a lot of people who I am familiar with who either have either quit or continue to smoke i've heard a lot of people say the same thing about the new weed out here it's different it's way too potent it's it's causing all kind of like health issues and and like a lot of people are saying that they're having like trouble breathing like i did it was giving me panic attacks um but a lot of people are saying that they have gone to the doctors and they're struggling with stuff like emphysema and 
like COPD and all this other stuff. There's so many different chemicals now in the weed that's out here on the streets. There's so many different like things like different about it. It ain't the it ain't that reefer from the 70s. It's something completely different. Everything is a hybrid of a hybrid of a hybrid. A lot of people are giving up, genuinely giving up smoking marijuana. A lot of people are beginning to advocate for people to stop smoking marijuana. Now, you know, recently we just had an election where marijuana was legalized. There was a lot of conversation behind that. Actually, I might try to have somebody on the sh- on my show pretty soon to talk about it. Because I want to know, I want to know what's, since the election, what has been happening on that front. So I might have to reach out to somebody to have on my show. But a lot of people are saying, you know, with the kind of influence influence that Snoop has, he might just be able to turn that tide. He might just be able to, you know, lead people away from being such heavy smokers. And it might be a good thing. I don't know. Now, I know some people on the Facebook live chat who are loud and proud about being smokers. So if you want to call me and talk to me about it, call me. I'm not going to read none of your face, your Facebook messages or comments on air. Call me so you, we can talk about it at 513-749-1230. That is the number. But it should we be, as a community, as black folks, should we be putting forth that initiative to stop smoking? Is 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 marijuana becoming detrimental or is it already detrimental to our communities? That's how the conversation. I will talk to you when I come back. I'll talk to Ozzy, Ms. Donna, and I will talk to Ms. Rhonda Berry. She'll be up first to talk to give us an update about the Williamsburg apartments. It's twelve thirty AM the Buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station. Twelve thirty a.m. The Buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station. You're listening to the Lincoln Ware Show. Filling in for him today is Raven Mundy, and I'm going straight to the phones because I want to hear from Miss Rhonda Berry. She has an update about the Williamsburg Apartments. How you doing today? Hi, Miss Raven. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. Great. Um, I just wanted to get out to the residents, particularly at the Williamsburg um, Apartments. Um, the water is turned off in particular areas of the apartment complex. Mm-hmm. This is day two that water has been turned off without a 24-hour notice to the residents. Um, and that's very concerning. Um, if we remember, we started with this process a year ago, um, last Thanksgiving. Um, apparently, water has been turned off in order for the receiver who is also now the property manager appointed by the court um, so that they can bring the fire hydrants up to code and standard. But the problem is, legally, they need to notify residents within 24 hours so that they they will be aware that they don't have water. Um, that has not happened. This has This is day two. I have escalated this information um, to the city as well as to legal aid, but our residents need to know that you need to check your apartments, um, check with your neighbors, check on your neighbors, check on our seniors, and ensure if they have water or do not have water. Um, The property management company has not provided 
any bottled water or anything to these residents. We have individuals who are on medications, and they cannot utilize their facilities because they don't have water. So we are, this this is just a repeat of where we were last year. I didn't even know people were still living in those apartments. <laughs> it's not there are not very many. Mm. People people are doing their very best to get out, but you know financially, yeah. everyone can't cannot do that. Right, right. Cuz so, it's, it's, it's prices are crazy everywhere, even the west side right now. Exactly, exactly. And I do want everyone to be aware there is going to be a social service event at the Hartwell, at the Cincinnati Recreation Center located in Hartwell. It's at 8275 Vine Street, and we will be having what is going to be called a social service day. So if you are not familiar with what social services can be offered to you or what's available to you, please come on Thursday, December 7th to the Hartwell Recreation Center. The 513 bus will be here. Um, Dedicated seniors will be here because for seniors, that is your last day to choose um, your Medicare options. So you want to, if you still have questions and you need assistance, that is your day to come. We will also have home housing opportunities made equal. They provide programs to help individuals who want to get out of apartments into homes, get your credit correct, take classes, get certificates, help you with um, down payment assistance and or mortgage assistance. So definitely, you know, we, 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 we're working really hard right now to bring those social services to the communities and to the people. And I want to thank all of the agencies who have agreed to come and participate. Also, the Free Food Store has offered to um, be a part of the social service event, and they can help with utility assistance and some of their programs to help residents who need assistance. Ms. I Rhonda, mean, we these appreciate individuals you for, have been living like this for over a year. And we appreciate you for constantly giving us more information about the situation because this is something that we all need to be aware of. Thank you. Absolutely. And thank you. Everyone have stay safe and check, check on your neighbors, check on our seniors. And let's just make sure everyone is, be, is, is being mindful of what's going on in our area. Yes, ma'am. We appreciate you, Ms. Rhonda. Thank you. Have a great one. You too. Dang. Them people can't catch a break over there at Williamsburg. I didn't, like I said, I didn't even know people were still over there. But she make a valid point. Not everybody can can afford to just up and move. Like, prices for rent and stuff is crazy everywhere. It's it's rough out here. It's rough out here. That's why I was such a, a big fan of Issue 2024. 20, you know, there people had have different opinions about it, but I, I, I was... I was hopeful in my voting yes on issue 24, but there's more work to be done. Going back to the phones. Mr. Ozzy, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I first want to say if anybody over there, those departments need water and you need help getting it, please call in because I'll donate some water from Kroger's over there so that y'all can at least have some drinking water and some water to cook with. And just call in and let us know tomorrow by the end of 
the show at 1 o'clock, and I'll be over there at 4 o'clock, no later than 4 o'clock, to be able to donate y'all some water. This don't make no sense. I wanted to call about something else, but I'm not even going to talk about the youth because our elderly, the, the working mothers, the children, disabled, are in need. And guess who can help them? We can. Please call if you need some assistance getting some water, and I'll do my best to make sure by 4 o'clock tomorrow over at that Kroger's on Vine Street, y'all have some water over there. Thank you, ma'am. Appreciate your call, Ms. Dodson. All righty, I'm going to go back to the phones and talk to Miss Donna. How you doing today? Hi, Raven. How are you? Doing pretty good. Good, good. Hey, the gentleman that answered the phone, oh, he was really polite, really nice. I don't know his name, but... Uh, that was the real Terrence Howard. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Okay, okay. He was really nice. Uh, you know, I don't know too much about um, T.I.'s son. I've been seeing a few posts about him. And just looking at him and the way he acts, I really hate to say this, but I think something is mentally wrong with the young man. I really do. And I think people need to start looking in that direction. And I believe that T.I. knows something is wrong with his son, but he, he, does, he doesn't want to believe it. And he, you know, because that's, that's a hard thing to accept that, you know, something uh, is off with your child. So I think we need to start looking at some um, more options for this young man because I don't think he's just acting out. I think something is really wrong with him. And I think that T.I. should have ignored him or went in a different direction because people with problems can get you in big trouble, I'm telling you. You're trying to defend yourself against that foolishness and that craziness, and you're just digging a hole for yourself. So I think he might as well just go ahead on and accept the fact that something's wrong with his son and try to uh, reach out and uh, respectfully, Miss Donna. I uh, respectfully, uh-huh. Miss Donna. I have to disagree. I don't think there's nothing wrong with that boy mentally. He just, he just a privileged. Really? I think he just come from a privileged lifestyle, and he he's like a lot of our youth who he he prefers to to emulate a lifestyle that he's not lived that he doesn't have any relation to other than his father and maybe his mother coming from like i think he just wanted them what 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 a lot of us or a lot of y'all like to call one of them disrespectful kids like he don't to me he don't give that he has any kind of mental disability or instability or any of that how old is he i think king is like maybe 18 19 something like that yeah yeah he seems kind of off to me yeah, I bet you eventually it's going to come out that, that the young man has problems. Yeah, because you, you mm-hmm. I mean, kids can be disrespectful, but his is a little over the top. Yeah, I mean, that whole thing about wanting to live a life that you know is not, not yours, to me it's kind of off. That's the kind of stuff you do behind closed doors and when your parents are not looking. I mean, who can go to a basketball game or whatever kind of tournament it would and tell your parents' business? Oh, yeah, something's wrong with him. Yeah, he has problems. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Have a good day. I appreciate your call, Miss Donna. I'll go to this break. When I come back, I will talk to the Reverend Bishop Minister Twin.
He is in the building, so we'll talk to him when we come back from this break. If you want to talk to me, I got open lines. 513-749-1230 is the number to get on board, and we'll get into it. It's 1230 AM, The Buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station. Twelve thirty AM, the buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station. You are listening to the Lincoln Ware Show. Filling in for him is Raven Mundy. Just trying to get a few more stories out before I go back to the phones and talk to Twin and Dante. Um, I didn't get a chance to talk about this yesterday, but Rosalind Carter has passed. The former first lady, or the um, that was right, the former first lady of uh, President Jimmy Carter. She is being laid to rest today um, during a memorial service, if it hasn't already happened, um, in Atlanta. The former president is planning to travel to Atlanta for the service at Glenn Memorial United Methodist Church on Emory University's campus. First Lady Joe Biden will be joined by former First Ladies Hillary Clinton, Laura Bush, Michelle Obama, and Melania Trump in attending the service. President Joe Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris, and Second Gentleman Doug Imhoff. I still got to get, by the way, I still got to get used to that term. The Second Gentleman, that sounds crazy. <laughs> that sounds crazy. May, um, I need to release some of my own like internalized misogyny because second gentlemen sound crazy. But anyway, they're all expected to attend um, as is former President Bill Clinton. It is common for sitting and former first ladies to attend the funerals of former first ladies, which I didn't know. Trump's attendance, however, marks a rare public appearance for the former first lady who has largely avoided the public eye since leaving Washington in January 2021 even as her husband pursues a return to the White House. Former President Donald Trump is not expected to attend the service. She died peacefully at her Plains, Georgia home on November 19th at the age of 96, two days after the Carter Center announced she was entering hospice care at home. Jimmy Carter, who was 99, began receiving home hospice care in February. As a tireless advocate of mental health reform and the destigmatization of mental illness, Rosalind Carter spent most of her life dedicated to humanitarian efforts, always at the side of her husband of more than 77 years. That's a long time to be married. Who does a long time to be married? They said they say in May, the Carter Center said she had dementia. The former first lady's motorcade began one of its final journeys Monday morning, traveling from Plains to Atlanta. A repo service was held Monday afternoon at the Jimmy Carter Presidential Library in Atlanta with members of the public invited to pay their respects from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. A private funeral service for the family and invited friends is set to take place tomorrow morning at the couple's beloved Maran- Maranatha, I think that's how you say that, Baptist Church in Plains. Um, I'm not extremely familiar with the Carter administration. This was well before my time. Um, but, you know, just hearing of her death did kind of make me look a little bit, look a little bit into some of her efforts, especially dealing with mental illness. Because that is something that's very important to me. It's something that I'm I'm very much so interested in and at some point in my life would like to take up that issue in some sort of, you know, philanthropic form. But yeah, that is that on that. Also in the news, a CPD. Okay, CPD staffing level hits a 36-year low, according to FOP president. Concerns are mounting as the Cincinnati Police Department is at a 36-year low in staffing levels. According to retired Cincinnati Police Sergeant and Fraternal Order of Police President Dan Heels, the FOP president made a Facebook post on the support 
the Blue in Cincy Page, criticizing CPD's staffing level. He said, everybody knows we have a lot of shootings, a lot of violence, a lot of crime. This is not a time for us to be so low in our personnel levels. The department is set to drop below 900 officers, according to Hills. He says that number is about 15% below the 1,059 previously set as the agency standard. With a new recruit class set to graduate in January, Hill says there will be a small bump, but it won't be enough to overcome rapid resignations and retirements. He says staffing is not only thin, but also heavy on top. Obviously, you need homicide investigators, personal crime investigators, you need supervisors, you need all those things. But I think in the end, we will leave too few people out in police cars doing what is the most important job of all, which is being that first responder. Councilman Scotty Johnson spent 33 years as a law enforcement officer, and he says he understands the importance of staffing, but Cincinnati is not unique in dealing with low staffing levels. Departments across the the country are having trouble hiring. He says we've increased the recruit pay for police and fire, and we've also established some incentives for those that are first responders and know friends and relatives that will do a great job servicing the citizens of Cincinnati. Hill says that it is not enough as officers are under constant public scrutiny and getting burned out while barely getting by financially. Money talks. You're going to start having to pay police officers in the city more. There is a pool of people out there who want to be police officers. Thankfully, you're going to have to show Cincinnati is the best place for them to come. With the police union contract coming up next year, Johnson says pay will likely be something they look at, but it's not the single solution. He says, I still believe that you've got the best police department in America, but we got to make sure that we are continuously looking at processes to improve who they are. And when it comes to staffing, when it comes to pay, those are things that we do have to take into consideration. We can't dodge that difficult bullet. We have to make sure that we are addressing those difficult issues. Interesting. Um, when it comes to when it comes to CPD, I've had a, a handful of experiences with CPD. I will say that most of them have been, for the most part, respectful. I have had situations where I have been around officers and felt extremely uncomfortable. And, and they wasn't even, like, dealing with me. Just, like, I'll say this one thing. There was a, there was a time where I was minding my business. I, was, I stopped at UDF to get some gas. I walked into the UDF. There was a group of police officers sitting, like, like, I don't know. I don't even know how, like what the situation was, but it was a, it was a couple of police officers just standing around a store having a conversation with the store manager. Apparently they had some kind of like good relationship or something. I don't know, but I felt like a slave on a plantation. I'm not even joking. The way that their eyes watched me walk around that store and like was all in my business as I was at the checkout. Like it just, it, I felt extremely uncomfortable. I felt like they were intentionally imposing a threat, like a, some sort of like physical, like it just, I felt uncomfortable in their presence. Like they kept asking me questions and stuff. Like I was just in the store, minding my business, buying gas. But I felt as if they were looking for a reason to like arrest me or do something to me. And I did my very best to keep the conversation short. I didn't say too much. I paid for my stuff and I hurried up and got my ass up out that UDF to go pump my gas and leave. Cause I felt like if I had stuck around that store, the situation would have escalated in some sort of way. I just felt it. Like, I don't know whether they were trying to meet some kind of quota or something or what, but I felt it. It just, it, it, I kind of ain't trying to hear, hear nothing about no y'all need to be paid more. 
I, I feel like this is what you sign up for. This is this is crime. We all hurting. We all wish we could get paid more to do our job. But if you sign up for this, like any other job, you have to deal with what comes with that when you sign up. I believe everybody deserves a raise. Gas prices are high and grocery prices are high. Everything is high. Everybody who works in any industry deserves a raise right now to continue doing a job of 20 different people for one paycheck. I don't, again, in, in agreement with Scotty Johnson, I don't believe that paying officers more is going to have people come and, and join the, the police force in droves. Dan Hills made a point to say that, well, a lot of these officers feel like they under such public scrutiny, as you should be. You're a public servant. Our tax dollars pay your pay, pay you. If anybody should be scrutinizing you and your behavior, it should be the public. That's like saying, I, I want to go and work a job. I want to come here in this radio station and not do nothing that my general manager tell me to do. I want to come here and sit on this and sit behind this mic and do this show and not heed any kind of, 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 you know, policy or procedure of being here to do this job. That's not how it works. I don't get paid by tax dollars. I get paid by the whoever owns this station. <laughs> they give me, they hand down a, a policy and a procedure that I have to follow so that I can get paid. When you get paid with tax dollars, you are prone to be up against public scrutiny. That's just how that go. When, when people have to, 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 to vote, to cast a vote, to, to determine how much you get paid, that's, That's what come with that. I think it's 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 it's, it's pretty lazy to to continue blaming that, that that they don't get paid enough or that they have to, you know, be up under all this public scrutiny. If you just do your job the way you're supposed to, it wouldn't be an issue. And I'm not negating from the fact that that job is a very dangerous job. You very well could go out in that patrol car and lose your life that day. That's what you signed up for. That's what you sit the O for. If that don't sit right with you, don't do that job. I don't know how I don't know how many more times we gotta say stuff like that. But if you got an opinion, 513-749-1230 is the number to get on board. I gotta go to this break. When I come back, I'll talk to twin, Dante, and Rick Jr. It's 12 30 a.m. the Buds Cincinnati, your talk station. <laughs> 